I have a confession to make. I am obsessed with personal efficiency. And at the same time, as a Christian, I'm also told that I need to practice Sabbath and take a rest and build a structure of rest into my work week. Guess what? I don't do it. Now, maybe you're a little bit like me, and if you are, you're going to enjoy this message in our series on the seven days of creation by our pastor, Sally Campbell Evans. She's going to talk about day seven of creation, the Sabbath when God rested. And what does that mean for us when we try and figure out how we can rest? Check it out. Have you ever thought about what might be written on your tombstone? I mean, what might be inscribed there? Here lies a woman who always was tired. She lived in a world where too much was required. It's funny, sort of, but it's not. Clemmy Churchill loved to quote this couplet to describe what it was like for her to be married to the World War II era British Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Now, in truth, very few of us could match the level of pressure, anxiety, and stress that surely was part of her life. I mean, you should read about her life. Oh, my goodness. But I suspect that you and I, many of us, can identify with her appreciation of this quote. We may not want to be remembered by these words, but we do understand what they mean. In our 24-7 world of commerce and internet, with phones beeping and buzzing at all hours and emails flying through the night, with the feeling that we need to produce and accomplish more in order to succeed. Well, frankly, friends, we are exhausted. It's almost like we wear busyness as a badge of honor. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't join you for the picnic because I have to work. Oh, honey, oh, I forgot to tell you, I canceled my doctor's appointment because the boss called me in. It's like we have, well, frankly, it's like the whole culture has lost the rhythm between work and rest. We think just one more shift, one more phone call, one more email, one more brief encounter with another person before calling it a day it isn't going to hurt us. But it does take a toll. It takes a toll on our communities, on our relationships, on our bodies, and on our souls. In his book on Sabbath, Wayne Muller put it like this, because we do not rest, we have lost our way. We miss we miss the quiet that would give us wisdom. We miss the joy and the love born of effortless delight. He continues, poisoned by the hypnotic belief that good things come only through unceasing determination and tireless effort, we can never truly rest. And for want of rest, our lives are in danger. In fact, the Chinese pictograph for busy is composed of two characters, heart and killing. Oof, heart and killing. Think of all the medical maladies that we struggle with today. Busy equals heart and killing. 
We are so busy that we have forgotten how to rest. We have forgotten the Sabbath and it is putting us at risk. I must admit that I struggle with keeping a full day of Sabbath. I always have, but as time passes by, as I grow a little older and hopefully a little wiser, I long for Sabbath. I look forward to it and I practice it more faithfully. So how about you? Are you good at keeping Sabbath? Hmm, I wonder. Do you prepare for it? Do you practice it? Do you make time for it? Taking the time to notice, to relish, to appreciate and cherish the gifts of God that are all around you. Do you take the time to breathe deeply in and welcome the glory of a new day? Do you notice your spouse or partner? Do your children, your neighbor, do your eyes feast on a flower that's blooming in your garden or a brilliant sunset or a quiet moment? Do you take time for your weary soul to rest, to worship and abide with God? Today, today we are finishing our sermon series called The Seven, and we have been looking at each of the seven days of creation. And so today we're looking at day seven, the day that God rested. It's called the Sabbath. The three verses that we just read are beautiful by themselves. I mean, they show perfect completion of creation. It all comes to a climax when the seventh day is designated as a sacred day of rest. It is modeled on God's own behavior at the very beginning of creation. God finished creating, and now God will enjoy all the work that has been done. God rested. God blessed it and made this day holy. The scriptural basis for keeping Sabbath, it comes from the text we just read in Genesis 2, but it also comes from the fifth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. It's the prologue to the Ten Commandments when God chose Moses to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery and move them into freedom. And so picking up at verse 12, it's the fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy, exactly as your, the Lord your God commanded. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Don't do any work on it. Not you, not your sons and daughters, your male or female servants, your oxen or donkeys or any of your animals, or the immigrant who's living among you, so that your male and female servants can rest just like you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. And that's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. Well, we're not good at keeping the Sabbath for ourselves or for others, are we? 
So just for a minute, let's think about it. Let me ask you, which commandment out of all 10 do people seem to get rewarded for breaking? Let's think about this together. Let's imagine, I mean, what if Justin stood up in the pulpit next Sunday and said, I must confess I've gotten in over my head with a poker game. I owe a little money, so I borrowed some from the church offering plate just to help me out. But I want you to know I am working hard to pay that money back. Friends, what would happen? <laughs> Let me just say, there would be consequences. Or what if I said, well, gosh, I was really attracted to this new volunteer and well, we stayed late one night helping to sort the sheet music for the children's choir and well, one thing led to another and well, you know what happened. <clears throat> Let me just say, friends, what would happen is that there would be consequences. Or how about McGray? What if he said, on my day off, I got started and then I finished next week's sermon super early. So I took home communion to all of our homebound members. And then I read a book on how to run a capital campaign. I have some great ideas that are really going to help out our stewardship team. And then I couldn't sleep, so I went down to Home Depot and I rented a carpet cleaner. And I steam cleaned all of the carpets in the sanctuary and... Well, I went on and did the church offices while I was at it. And then I baked some cookies for our nursery staff. <laughs> what do you think would happen? The response would be a standing ovation right on McGray. Keep it up. Mm. Keep the Sabbath, friends. Keep your day of rest and treat it as holy. We don't do a very good job of keeping that fourth commandment. Sabbath comes from the Hebrew Shabbat, meaning ceasing. Shabbat simply means to rest, to cease, to stop. It is an invitation to cease from productive work, from activity one day a week in order to engage in spiritual practices. It's about worship and rest. Seeing the Lord's face and stopping. Sabbath is holy time. Indeed, it is a holy stop day every single week. Keeping the Sabbath is a basic concept of the Christian faith. But I think we could learn a few things from our Jewish neighbors. I read a story about a woman visiting in the home of an Orthodox Jewish family, and she had lots of questions about all the things that one could and could not do on the Sabbath. And finally, she asked her host, why does God care if I microwave a frozen dinner on the Sabbath? Hmm. What happens when we stop working and controlling na nature? The devout Jewish man responded, when we don't operate machines or pick flowers or pluck fish from the sea, when we cease interfering with the world, we are acknowledging that it is God's world. Yes, Sabbath is an invitation to cease from productive work, from activity, 
one day a week in order to engage in spiritual practices. It's a way of remembering who we are, who we are in relation to God and one another. So why did we even attempt to keep the Sabbath? We do it because God did it, and we are made in God's image and called to follow suit. But it's not just because it is a commandment. This is the way we are made, friends. We need rest, physical rest, deep soul rest. God didn't rest because God was tired. God wanted to build the pattern of work and rest into the very fabric of creation. Rest is, well, it's as necessary as air. The cycles of life demand rest. Bulbs growing, bears hibernating, and beings like us, we need it. So why is it so hard to accomplish? I think that's a great question. I think deep down, we want our lives to mean something and be significant. And for some reason, evil, the devil, I don't know, but for some reason, we feel we have to keep accomplishing and proving ourselves worthy over and over again. Do you remember the original Rocky movie? It was a long time ago, but there was Rocky, this fighter, pushing himself, working out, running up those steps day after day. And Adrian, his girlfriend, asks, why are you pushing yourself so hard? Why are you so driven? And his response says, if I can just go the distance, I know I'm not a bum. Even in the movie Rocky VI, Rocky Balboa, 30 years after the original Rocky I movie, still thinks he's a bum. He's still trying to prove himself, but by himself, it's never enough. And that's how it is with some of us too. That tape continues to play in our heads and we tell ourselves over and over, if I can just do more, be more available, prove to others that I'm worthy, then, then I won't be a bum either. And that's why it's so hard to cease, to stop striving and to rest in God, to rest with God. Because observing the Sabbath one day each week is saying, mm -mm, we are no longer slaves to that kind of tyranny. God has freed us. God has freed us from that bondage and we are complete people. Flawed, yes, but complete, beloved, and made in the image of God even when our work is not finished. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann says, practicing the Sabbath is the refusal to let one's life be defined by production and consumption and the endless pursuit of private well-being. It is not simply the pause that refreshes. It is the pause that transforms. It is a gift. It is a gift from God that needs to be better developed in most of our lives if we want to be whole, if we want to live the lives God wants us to live. Yes, I struggle constantly with fully practicing the Sabbath, but it's something I strive to be better at observing. Because Sabbath rest 
it's more than a nap. It's more than collapsing in exhaustion. It's life-oriented and life-giving. Or at least that is in part what I think God had in mind. God rests at the end of creation so that creation can continue. The Sabbath is created for life and God rests for the sake of life. Caroline Lewis, a preacher, teacher, scholar, wrote, a Sabbath is not simply a break or a chance to recoup, but it is rest that is needed. Rest is essential because it anticipates action for the sake of life once again. When the Sabbath is for the sake of life, then it means getting back in there and figuring out where is it that life needs to happen? Well, that really made me pause. You see, because here at our church at Hyde Park, we talk about our mission to make God's love real a lot. But if we don't slow down and rest individually and together in community, then when do we have time to ponder the best ways, the most meaningful, godly ways to make God's love real? Practicing Sabbath influences the way we build and sustain community. It dictates the way we respond to suffering, and it shapes the way in which we seek peace and healing in this world. If we aren't rested, if we're burning the candle at both ends, when do we stop and ponder? What's the best way to help our neighbors? Even now, I wonder what are we being called to do following Turkey's devastating earthquake? If we don't take time to be still, to be quiet, to rest and listen to God. Our neighbors in Fort Myers and Wachula are still scrambling to piece their lives back together following Hurricane Ian last fall. Our unhoused neighbors and ex-cons and refugees and the environment all need changes and changes in laws and changes in society for healing and new life to take place. But if we are constantly burning it at both ends just to keep our own personal individual lives going, then when are we pondering new ways to be Christ's hands and feet? When are we taking time to notice who needs rest and support? Who needs help finding some new life? And how can we be a part of that? Friends, we keep the Sabbath to be reminded that without it, it becomes too easy to give up on fighting for those for whom life has been taken away. We keep the Sabbath for the sake of resilience and ongoing resistance, to give us energy, to keep sharing light and love in this world. We need a Sabbath awakening. Or as Caroline Lewis says, we need to be told again and again that Sabbath is not just for our personal well-being, but for the abundant life of the other. I was really struck by that particular thought. If we don't take time to rest, to recharge, to cease producing, then our vision is blurred and we don't even see nor have the energy to respond to our loved ones and our neighbors in need. So imagine with me a Sabbath awakening. 
what if, what if we said one day out of seven, we met for worship, we prayed, we invested in relationships, being fully present with friends and family, writing a letter, calling family members who are far away. What if we took a respite from commercial activity in order to be receptive to God? And we listened deeply to our loved ones and neighbors. What if we celebrated creation? We took a drive to the beach or rode our bikes on a trail near the house or walked leisurely around a lake. What if we read a book or magazine article that was not about professional development or how to be a better person? What if we took a long nap or enjoyed intimacy with our partner? What if whatever you enjoy, whatever feeds your soul as you walk in God's freedom, you did? If we did that, I think we would find our spirits would receive peace, our minds would become clear, and our bodies would start to mend. Our relationship with God and others would be more attentive. And on the other six days, I think they would go better. Practicing Sabbath, stopping, ceasing, resting is saying that you rest in grace by the one who created you, redeemed you, and sustains you. So please stop, cease, embrace, play, pray. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Amen. Will you pray with me? Oh, holy God, you made the Sabbath day for us to enjoy. It's both a gift and a commandment. Deep within our souls, we long for this day apart. For when we observe it, true healing and deep awareness takes place. So remind us that our lives are more than the work we do and help us to honor and practice Sabbath rest. Amen. Wow. I mean, that was convicting for me to hear. I mean, there's so much in my life where I think, gosh, if I just managed my tasks better or answered all my emails or I don't know, like did more that maybe life would be easier and maybe the solution is to do less. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to do two things. One, in the video description below are some reflection questions to help you go deeper with this sermon. I want you to take one of those and think about it, ponder it, and then write a response in the comments section on this YouTube video. When you write that response, I'll reply to it and we'll get a conversation going. It'll be an opportunity for us to really think about how we can do this Sabbath thing better because chances are we need community to help us really practice Sabbath. We need each other to hold each other accountable to actually doing the Sabbath thing because if we're honest, it's really, really hard. So I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll comment below and we can have some conversation about this. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Matt Hotho and we'll see you next time.